If you're an Android user and you're looking for a new way to listen to your podcast while you're quarantined, you should check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Of course, you could check it out whether or not you're quarantined. I was just trying to be timely and It's not a quarantine trip. It's social distancing. Quarantine is a scary word. (laughs) Whatever. Everybody should stay home as much as you can. Wash your hands often. We're all going to get through and this. Sometimes your governor tells you, demands that you do that, like like my governor. <laughs> yes. Yes. But that is not about Podcast Republic, which is a great app for listening to podcasts and available on the Google Play Store. There's thousands of good reviews. Check them out if you're an Android user. A lot of listeners to this show came to us through the uh, app, and we're really grateful for that. So I want to keep reminding people of how good it is. So go check out the Podcast Republic app on the Google Play Store. Welcome to Dissecting the 80s. I am Trip Lano, one half of the mega podcasting powers. And with me, as always, is a man who is also self dis wait, social self-quarantining, dis- social distancing, isolating, uh, <laughs> the Macho Andrew. Andrew Lano. Yeah, uh, my, my one job shut down, and then a week later, my full-time job shut down. So uh, now I'm, I'm home a lot. So... Like yeah. any good gay in social distancing, I've painted my nails. Yes, they're red and gold. It's like those, a it's, uh, keeping score. It's home. like a confetti, like a sparkly. Yeah. Gold. So the color is okay. called Rainbow Connection. It was part of a Muppets line that Mom had because nice. I went there to do laundry. <laughs> it looks like uh, kind of like mango shorts from the Chris Kattan SNL sketch. Oh, I'll take it. I was going for like a Harley Quinn caution tape jacket, but yeah, yeah. Um, I have not painted my nails, but I hey, have been painting them. Social distancing is young. Painting them. I have been painting them with stuff to make me stop biting them. Oh, you've gone back to the more bite? Important than ever. I've done it a few times. Uh, I'm on a different product now because I broke my old bottle of that stuff. But I figured it's more important than ever to not. Be I didn't know you were back right to now. the bite. I thought you had stopped that. Oh no! I I I cycle off for like three months and then I go back with a vengeance and then I have to cycle off again. It's it's not good. Your poor uh, nails. Anyway, no one cares about this. No one, literally, no one could possibly care about this. Um, it's April. Our mom does. 6th when when you're listening to this, um, it's April sixth. You're listening to this. There was supposed to be a new James Bond movie in theaters. Uh, there isn't because of coronavirus, but we decided to forge ahead and do it for this podcast anyway. So. We watched Never Say Never Again, so you know what that means. We gotta go back. We gotta go dissect the 80s. It's your old-ass secret agent. Some guy been about your old-ass secret agent. When the mega powers explode. I'm talking about the 80s. Oh, yeah. Great Scott. Cream of the crop. Oh, yeah. Mega powers, yeah. When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. This movie, real quick, uh, it's 1983. The guy who wrote the original Thunderball has managed to, after a long, or I guess it's not 1983, that's when that came out, but it's in the 70s or 80s. The man who wrote the original Thunderball script somehow manages to get the rights back to it uh, after a long legal battle and decides he's basically going to remake his own movie. I, I Honestly... It fe- this movie feels like one long fan fiction, like a James Bond <laughs> it fan does, fic. It, it, it does have a little bit of fan fiction. Although I will say, like, all of James Bond kind of has that feel to me. 
But like this just feels such a. I mean, I'm not a James Bond connoisseur. I've yeah. I've seen the one or two we've watched for the pod. Um, this is only the second one for the pod. Okay, yeah, and then I've seen um, Odd Job. I've seen that one. I think. Yeah, that, I believe that's Doctor No or Goldfinger. I've seen the two best ones, in my opinion, are Doctor No. And Goldfinger. I've seen most of, if not all, of Goldfinger, uh, and I've seen like the opening credits sequence to i want to say casino royale where he's like on scaffolding and like in a building that's under construction Mm -hmm. yeah i like that one a lot i would say there are like 20 to 30 bond movies i can i can get the uh there are they're in that ballpark i think there's like five really truly good ones and then another tier of like very watchable easily consumed fun ones and then another tier of bad ones. And I think this one is firmly in that second tier of like, this is fun and stupid. It's all James Bond movies are too long. They just are like, they, they all are well over two hours. So there's 25 in the regular bond series. When the new one comes out, that'll be the 25th bond. And then this one and another one that are not technically Canon. Okay. Because this one, like I said, so the original writer, uh, Kevin McClory had written the script for Thunderball, which was also a Sean Connery movie, and they he ended up retaining the rights to it. So he had the rights to make the make that exact story again. So he made this, and then actually, in doing the research while watching this movie, he tried to do another one of these uh, where he was going to remake it again, and another it was Thunderball. Be, yes, it was going to be the third time this story was adapted by the same writer, but instead of I hate that. Connery, they were going to, they were going to bring Timothy Dalton back. Cause he had been, he had left bonds. He did two bonds and then he was out of the series. So they were going to do the same thing again, where they're like, we'll bring in the old, it was during the Pierce Brosnan era. They were like, we'll bring in the old guy and then do another one of these stories. I just don't understand why this story, this specific bond story. Because it's the only one you could make if you weren't the broccoli family. It wasn't – they were literally the only – it's sort of like the Ashcan copy thing where you make the movie to retain the rights to make the movie later where they made uh, – I think we've talked about this briefly on the podcast. But there was a Fantastic Four adaptation by Roger Corman, noted schlock director Roger Corman, who I like Wait very a minute. much. He I directed mean. that one with Mar- Kate Mara? No, the one that came out – like they literally produced and filmed the whole movie and then never released it. They just had to make it in order for it to keep, to, in order to retain the rights. Oh, that, I thought you were talking about the recent one. Well, they uh, the recent one is also similarly. The rumor is that that's the reason they made that one too. It's I didn't see it, but God, I heard it's terrible. Yeah, but so in 1997 they were gonna do another adaptation called Warhead 2000 AD with Timothy Dalton, but that had never happened. So what happened here was basically Connery had left Bond. Uh, in the seventies, I think it was seventeen years before, and he when he left it, he was like, "I'm never going to do that again," and so that's why the title is "Never Say Never Again" because yeah, and it fucking shows he doesn't want to be here. I see. I disagree. I that's really interesting to me. I I don't feel that way at all, and I actually think he is way better at being Bond still in his old age than the Roger Moore performance we watched when we did View to a Kill, who looks over it i mean 12 years it's apart. been a while since we since view to a kill so i don't 100 percent remember everything but it just i don't know he's like 
a little tooth, long in the tooth. Yeah, I mean, he's he definitely is, but that and it just doesn't I think seem he like he wants to it. be here. The script doesn't make any sense. It's a it's a fan fiction where like it's a a new boss who wants to change things up with bonds, and I'm like, what? Why? Why are we like? There's a formula that works. Clearly, it works. Don't try and change that. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we'll get into it. I feel like we're like he be gets a sent to a goop, episode. like basically a goop camp in the first twenty for the first twenty minutes. Yes, yes. It, uh, well, let's let's get into it. So we start with Bonds there. Not He's a Bond song. Also, this is not a Bond song. This is an old health class video song. <laughs> I mean, it's not good, but all I think all Bond songs are bad, as I have said. Before. I know, and you're wrong. But like, there is a sound to a Bond song. Like there is a way a Bond song should sound, and this I, literally sounds I, like it. Sh- this should be this song should be played over like flowers blossoming as like 11 like 13 year old girls in 2000 learn about their changing bodies from the 1970s like that's what it sounds like interesting yeah i totally disagree i think this sounds just as corny and bad as most bond songs uh you know what it sounds like deep cut the opening song in the rescuers no one gets that now okay you're gonna google that that. you're gonna youtube the opening song in the rescuers i'll give you that one i'll give you that one um, instead of your classic, uh, James Bond walks down, you know, walks, turns and shoots down the barrel of the gun. We just get this weird, like web screen of double O tiny double O sevens. Cause they didn't, could they like not get the, the rights thing. to the bullet to the correct. That was owned by the other company. Yeah, so it just seems to me that. like someone's like, I want to make a Bond movie and like, we don't have the rights. Well, that's not fair. Okay. Yes, exactly. Then don't make a bond like you. You can't. You just well. They had the rights to this one thing, and it's like it's the it's. See, to me, it's a delight because it's such a stupid loophole. Like the fact that this movie exists is only because some old studio executive wanted to see Sean Connery be Bond again. He didn't like Roger Moore and was like, "I need to see my. I want my Bond back." This is like such so obviously like uh, uh, the 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 rattle of some old miserable person who hated change. It was like. Bring back the things I like, and I, like that amuses the hell out of me. I mean that that makes sense. It's just it. I didn't, I'm so it just annoys me that like that is allowed to happen. Movies aren't cheap. Well, yeah, and no, so you're was, gonna, they, uh, they, this movie made a lot. Th- this movie made a lot of money. I just think it's so stupid that like there are so many movies that could get made and should get made, and instead it's like let's drop another four hundred million dollars on. Uh, let's see if Will Smith wants to come back to do another Independence Day. Spoiler alert: He doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I this is a little bit different to me because like this would be the equivalent of somebody paying Will Smith a big bucket of money to play uh, Agent J. Agent J, thank you. I was like, K, yeah, yeah. Agent J, but the movie is called Men in Suits. And it's the it's like a remake of Men in Black, but he now is in the Tommy Lee Jones role and is the old old fart character. But we can't call it Men in Black and we can't use the word neuralizer. So we do like a bunch of little cutesy things. Like that would be a fascinating cultural artifact to me. I would be so intrigued by that existing. Yeah, but like... I, your point is totally valid. Also, Will I, Smith doesn't clear. do anything good anymore. Well, I would argue that he never did. But no, I think that's you a different I think Men in Black for, is. You don't think Men in Black is solid? I, I think Men in Black is a good movie. I think 
he stopped making interesting movies in 1999, probably. Yeah, that's what I mean. Okay. You said he never did. Well, I don't know if I would like. I I enjoy Men in Black, but is it a good movie? Is it? You know what I mean? I think it is because I think it. I think it's a nice twist on the sci-fi genre that you know ha- yeah. hadn't been done a whole lot before. I actually just recently uh, heard a story that Tommy Lee Jones was so mad during the whole thing because he was like, "You can't make." alien movie funny it's you can't a movie can't be two things it doesn't you either need to be an alien movie or a funny movie and then like halfway through begrudgingly understood what was happening and i i that uh, is so delightful to me that old man the context was (laughs) old man actors like that's not how movies work yeah yeah the context being that um they weren't sure if he was like being gruff because he is gruff or being gruff because he like knew what he was doing. And it was like sort of a fascinating exercise. Hmm. Anyway, let's talk about the movie. Uh, we start with this, uh, gray at the temples bond is, is assaulting a compound. The truly bad song is playing in the forest. He, he throws a, Yes, yeah, in the jungly forest. And he, he he throws a bomb and he kills some guys and he does a diehard swing into a window where he like has a rope around his waist, which I thought was a pretty mm-hmm. cool, pretty cool stunt. Um he there's this woman who's tied up and he he rescues her and then when he unties her and turns his back to deal with something else, she stabs him. Turns out training exercise, which is just as bad as turns out it was a dream, I think. Yeah. Although so there, this, there's no indication that this is a hologram in any way, which means they just sent him to the jungle and set up this cosplay. No, they do indicate that it was uh, – it's not a hologram. It's real. But they do indicate it wasn't live ammunition and stuff. No, I know. But that means like they went to a jungle and set up this cosplay for oh, him. Oh, yeah, This sure. isn't I like mean, a holodeck situation. The, yeah, or yeah. Or whatever the true. X-Men I got training. the impression – I got the impression it was just like the outskirts of London, but you're right. <laughs> you think we've been to London? You know that that's not yes, what I anywhere know. in London. Looks I know, like. I know, but it's like if if you had unlimited money, you could make a compound that had this. I guess. Um, I didn't think this was just like a naturally occurring jungle in the outskirts like, of London. To be clear, like I think we were they there, like planted. We some, saw a bunch of stuff. I, I don't remember seeing palm trees. <laughs> In London. I was just saying they went to a place and planted some bamboo is all. <laughs> and this is where they're like, oh, yeah, she was kidnapped for 12 weeks. Of course she would be, you know, brainwashed and would kill you. Yeah, yeah. Okay, movie. <laughs> so I would like to take this moment now because we're about to get into the stuff that I know is going to make you mad. And you're going to be flabbergasted that I could say I like it as a person who is the person that I am. And I would just like to say this right now. James Bond movies do not exist in the reality that we live in. In these realities, all women want to have sex with James Bond. Oh, I wrote all that later. It's hilarious. James Bond. Yeah. Okay. But like, so hang on, wait. You, this seen, is the reality seen- of this movie. You've seen the contemporary James Bonds, right? I've seen pretty much all of them. That's what I mean, like the the Daniel Craig ones. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there any men in those movies who throw themselves at Bond? No. See, like, come, like that feels to me like an update of this movie where, like, he Bond. I'm not saying Bond has to sleep with dudes, but like, there should be at least one dude who's like, because literally every woman that Bond walks past instantly like pulls off her panties and throws them at him yes 
Yes, and like, yes. there's got to be like one. There's no way that there's no gay dudes in these wor- in the world of Bond who's like, oh, oh, I want that. Maybe there is. Now that you're saying it, it's not. The new ones are not as overtly sexual as the other ones. That's not to say there isn't sex in them because he sleeps with beautiful women in all of them. But it's not as is. It's like when he does the thing where he flirts with Money Penny. It's like kind of a cute flirt and not like. Well, isn't Money Penny? Bor- Judy Dench? No, that's M. Oh. Money Penny's the secretary. Oh, right. D- don't don't you remember uh, Sp- Sh- the Fox, Spy Fox game? Monkey and Penny. It was, it was Monkey Penny was the secretary. Yes, I remember that now. Yeah, not the boss. Yes, okay. Um, that was a point and click adventure. Spy game Fox, from the early nineties. By Humongous Entertainment. No, it was some. I thought it was like Shylock Fox. No, it was Spy Fox. So Slylock Fox was a cartoon. Was a comic strip. Where they okay. you, you had to like solve the mystery in the comic strip of like where did the Jello go? Oh, okay. Spy right. Fox okay. was a humongous entertainment Spy point Fox, and click okay. game that parodied James Bond. I actually remembered uh, not terribly long ago. Spy Fox came out as an iP- iPhone. Yep, thing. because I downloaded I, all of them. I, yeah, I well, I I played through the whole first one on a plane. Which was that dry I did, cereal? Like, the whole, I think so. Yeah, I remember the cows being involved. Yeah, dry the little, cereal. The little thing. Yeah, but I, I like played through it the whole way on a plane. It was like, well, that was fun. I don't need to do any more of yeah, that. Yeah, it's a I cute little thing. So, yeah, the Humongous Entertainment yeah. did all of their games. So it was Freddy Fish, uh, Pajama Sam, Spy Fox. Pajama Sam and is the other one I remember. Okay. I never played. Oh, the car. Yeah. I don't, we played Putt-Putt briefly. Not as much as all the others, but they released all of them as... No. Um, ios games and maybe android i don't know um so i of course in because nostalgia is the currency of the of, of where, when we're living yeah i downloaded all of them <laughs> um anyway so the new ones he definitely is a sexual person but it is not as like ridiculous as it is in this movie i would say but anyway the reason i bring that up is that I don't think any human being who exists on the earth that we live in should talk to women this way, should treat people this way at all. Of course not. But I like I like when fictional character James Bond, who exists in a different universe than I do, does it. And I find it delightful. And I it's because in his universe, this is not uh, harassment or worse. It is just how these people talk to each other. Yes. Well, you know, but like, so that's what I'm saying is like, this is not real. And I like when this fake person in a fake world where everyone likes it does it. Because in this world, the rule isn't, hey, treat other people with respect and don't act like women are objects. Because in this world, which is a bad world, objectively speaking, the women are kind of objects and they all want to sleep with James Bond. So They're that's either bad. objects or murderesses. Right. I'm not saying that's good. I'm just saying I'm going to talk later about liking things that are going to be like, well, that seems... And uh, opposite of what you like as, yeah, but I wasn't sure if that was the right word, uh, to what you are as a person and what you like as a person. And I would say, you are correct because this is fake. Like, this is obviously a different reality because not every woman wants to sleep with any man, period. But the, clearly the woman here did. Yeah, every woman who walks past, who Sean Carter walks past is like, oh, won't be needing these and like slides down her face. <laughs> To be fair, he still looks very good for 52. He does. I don't think he looks... He is not the best aging Bond, I think. Who do you think is doing it better? How old's Daniel Craig? Because isn't he... 
older okay. than you expect. All right. Okay. Yes. Okay. Fair. Daniel Craig is probably close to that. Because it was Roger Moore. I think I looked this up. Roger Moore, Connery, and Craig are the three older Bonds, I would say, right? Yes. Although. Because Pierce Brosnan like, didn't really get to do it. He did it like twice, no, right? He, <laughs> No, Pierce Brosnan got, I think, the second most Bonds. If not, he's not two. He's not two. He's three. He did at least four, maybe five. Oh. Uh, Daniel Craig was born in 19, March 1968, which means he is 52. Oh. Right? Yeah. And that's how old Connery is. Connery is in this in movie, movie. Yes. Then, Oh, then, yeah. Daniel Craig, 100%. <laughs> I'm just saying it's a different kind of 52 in 1983. <laughs> we had a different. It was 40 years ago. The world was different. Yeah. Like, uh, Tom Cruise is 57, y'all, right. and is in better shape than I will ever be in my entire he's life. Older, he is older than Wilford Brimley is in Cocoon. <laughs> Shut up. Yeah, like a lot older. I love those kind of facts. Yeah. Um, stay tuned, by the way. Cocoon coming one day to this podcast, for sure. Um, anyway... Th- we are so far into this conversation and so It's because very, we're starved for that conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, this is going to be a, a tangential podcast. But the reason I brought that whole thing up is because there's this great sequence after this where the boss is like, uh, you're soft and slow, 007, too much red meat, white bread, and dry martinis. And Ron goes, well, I'll cut the white bread out then. And it's like, yes, this is, that line is like exactly what I, I want I do like that line a lot. But like that was – that this whole sequence with the new boss is why I said it's a fan fiction where it's like a new boss – it's like a new teacher at school who's like different and shaking <laughs> things up. Like – what this is this is fan fiction 101 where it's like the reason the reason you know it's not fan fiction is because he and the boss don't immediately have sex well the boss is a man yes i that's exactly what i meant (laughs) um so he's like too many free radicals and i was like you mean like the toxins that they that like estheticians and stuff talk about and then he goes Uh and that's uh exactly what he means so he goes sends him to like a goop seminar where he gets fed things and learn ha- learns how to exercise. And I was like, what is happening? In Ch- this is not James Bond. <laughs> so the, the, I, I will say, I think what we're supposed to get, because in reading about the movie, he had retired and they like brought him back. Bond. Yes. Yes. The, the character, yes. not the actor. Yes. Um, he also drives a incredibly gorgeous Bentley to Well, this, doesn't he? Oh, isn't uh, that like Bond's thing? No, Bond drives Aston Martin. But I mean, like, cars is like... Right, but it's a different uh, car. But it's a very beautiful car he drives to this retreat. Also, the room um, and that, I also, the, that they're all talking in at MI6 doesn't feel like cool MI6. It feels like a set from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. So th- that's actually a thing with the old Bonds. MI6 does look like this. Oh, really? It's not like a hip, sleek headquarters. It's like a very British-looking room with, like, the huge portrait of the Queen was exactly bang on to me. That I was like, yep, this is MI6, yeah, It looks like right. a set piece from Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, no, it's it's very – it feels very 70s uh, British film, for sure, which is why it would read that way to you. <laughs> yes, so yes. Him, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they sent him to the uh, – they sent him to the Goop seminar. He drives his Bentley there. Uh, they give him a physical. Uh, we get a brief interlude with a bad guy who is also at this this goop. So seminar. I didn't understand that he was there at first until all of a sudden he was there, and I was like, "Why are they at the same yeah. spot?" 
it just for the sake of plot convenience, frankly. But like, here's the thing: if I am Blofeld and Largo, attorneys at law, um, <laughs> that sounds like a show coming to USA. It does, right? Blofeld and Largo, and they're like arms crossed, back to back. Except one suit is like short sleeves and Hawaiian print, uh-huh, and the other uh-huh. suit is that's got to be that's got to be Largo. That's got to be Largo. Yeah. Oh right? yeah, Largo is the kooky one, and Blofeld's okay. got a pinstripe suit. Yeah, yeah. Actually, interesting quirk, the rights to Blofeld ended up here, and he's like a major Bond adversary that they had used a lot, but he was, this guy had the rights to him, so they had to buy the rights to this movie later, so that, and then later they could use Blofeld again, because Blofeld is in the new, uh, the new Daniel Craig ones as well. Okay, because Spectre's there, one of, that was one of the movies, wasn't Correct. it? Correct, yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which I didn't know. Again, I'm not a Bond aficionado, so I didn't know that was like a thing. Um, yeah, but like, yeah. so here, if I am, if I am Blofeld and Largo, attorneys at law, and I gave someone a cornea transplant to give them the retina of the president, which is dubious at best as someone who works front desk at an eye surgery center. Um, it is a dumb movie. I we have to give them their dumb. I would thing. be like, he would be in my compound, like the surgery would be done in a compound that is just my like sure. minions, like. Yes. Uh, they, he would have been, like, the volcano layer, like, whatever that version of this is. The palace yeah. we go to later I, in North Africa. Frankly, there's some henchman training issues throughout this movie, and I will get to them later. But you're correct that, like, this is not good henchman work. Yeah, he should have been kept somewhere safe. Um, also, I thought Bond villainesses or Bond women had, like, sexy names, like, sexy pun names. Isn't that a thing? Not always. Some of them do, but not always. That has become, like, the jokey trope, but that is not always the case. They're usually pretty stupid. Like, uh, one of the ones with Pierce Brosnan, uh, what's her face? Halle Berry? No. Um, Denise Richards played a scientist named Christmas Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, that was in... Only, that was only, only so that they could make the joke, I thought Christmas only came once a year. Oh, she in January Jones. Yeah, no, different Jones. Um, different, of the, different, of the January Joneses. Uh, I remember that now from 30 Rock. That she Halle Berry's a, character does have a stupid name. Yeah. Because it's Fatima Blush and Domino Petrushka, I think. To be fair, Fatima and Domino, Fatima not so much. Domino is a pretty odd name. It is, but I was like, Fatima, like, I was like, I'm my brain went like drag queen puns of like, like what Fatima is what that going to be? And she's like it's Fatima Blush, and I was like, oh, that's not that's not fun. Halle Berry's name is Jinx in Die Another Day. Oh, okay. But uh, so he's at the Goop seminar, and he's he's getting uh, massage worked over by this or physical by this uh, female doctor nurse. I'm not quite sure what her role is, and he's being very flirty, like she's talking about his back needs to be worked out, and he's like, oh, I know a good way to work out the back and she's like oh is it this and just like twerks on him which i really enjoyed yeah but of course this leads to knock on the door later uh bringing him his dinner which is i think steamed vegetables and plain white rice and he's like "Mm, how about this and And a boiled chicken 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he flips up in his suitcase like in heavyweights, and it's like, here's my rose <laughs> of caviar. moment. <laughs> it's like this fit secret agent is secretly a fat kid, and he's like, here's my here's my uh, uh, foie, foie gras. gras. Here's my here's my pate. Here, have some foie gras on a cracker, and he feeds it to her. And then of course they have sex. But it's just like that suitcase is my dream suitcase. I feel. <laughs> See, now that you've mentioned the like the Bond world logic that I think makes sense, I now I just want to see Bond in a world where he doesn't like remember that episode of 30 Rock where John Hamm is sure. in the pretty bubble? Uh-huh. I want that where Yeah, like, I think that'd be cool. Where be, like James Bond is like, "Oh, hello." and like leans in to like hit on someone and she's like, "You're disgusting." And he's like, "Oh, what um what?" Yeah. And she's like, "No, I, I don't want to have sex with amusing. you, you gross pig." And then walks away. <laughs> Right, and Bond has to learn like, actual that's... actual spy skills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't just wave your dick at things, James. <laughs> you can't that's just hold a martini in one hand and your dick in the other. <laughs> right, but that's that is that is that is exactly James Bond. It's a martini in one hand and his dick in the other. His gun is never is not really important to things. He's got a laser watch, but its hands are full, so he can't use it. Like that is the ethos of this character, and. It, that is objectively bad, but again, I don't think like he doesn't exist in our world. He exists in his, and his that is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I also love that in the suitcase, it's the high proof absolute vodka, just to like add on to the like. This man is a raging alcoholic. Well, it's also that like he's only good. you can't sneak in that many bottles, so make the bottles you can sneak in count. Right, but it's he's got the one bottle, and it's the high-test stuff, and I was like, yeah, of course he's drinking 100-proof vodka instead of 80-proof. Of course he is. See, that could have been a great moment of, like, we're sending you, I know they're sending you to the Goop seminar, here's an array of gadgets, and he's like, I'll get, you know what, I'm just describing a bit from Austin Powers. Yes, you are I was exactly about to be describing like, oh, and a bottle Austin of vodka Powers. is a, a blah, 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 and he's like, no, that's just vodka, because you're going to need it. That's the toothpaste, yeah. Brit, from, uh, yep. from Austin Powers. Yep, which yep, yep. honestly holds holds the hell up. I watched it. A, really? Yeah. Okay. The first one, at least. The second. Because one, what you're describing is like him hitting on women and women being like, "Ooh," is basically Austin Powers. They like the gag is they took a person from the '60s and put him now, and then obviously yeah. fish out of water. Well, even even Austin Powers like knows about consent. Like a woman, like uh, Elizabeth. Thank you. I was like, bedazzled. (laughs) Elizabeth Hurley is drunk and trying to sleep with him. And he's like, you're not, you're drunk. This isn't right. And it's like, whoa, that's kind of rad. Yeah. Yeah. Because in Bond's world, he would also be drunk. (laughs) Yeah. In Bond's world, everyone's drunk. (laughs) Yes, exactly. That's, that's the basic. That's how you know it's five o'clock. Everyone's drunk. Exactly. Yeah. Um, So the uh, nurse, the, the, Fatima, uh, who we'll find out later is Fatima, goes in and uh, takes care of the wonky eye patient. And she beats the hell out of him, which would she really 100% does. ruin the corneal transplant they allegedly just did. Yeah. That's how yeah. that works. <laughs> yes, for sure. Trauma would, would ruin that. Um, but then we get a pretty fun fight where Bond's in the weight room and some big gigantic henchman comes in to try to, to yeah because Bond spies on the the cornea transplant guy and reveals himself and then Fatima like Fatima pulls out this like the stupid like one eye binocular with night vision that yes. is like a very yes. spy movie thing just use uh-huh. it's a, just use two just put a binocular yeah just 
regular old binoculars work just will be fine. just fine. Thanks. So she's like looking through the darkness, and then just like Jamie Lee Curtis in the new Halloween movie, she, he just like they just like slow fade him in because clearly like that wasn't the shot. And she's like, I know who this man is, James Bond. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> and then she exactly. takes off her panties and throws them at him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I just love the, like, sort of David and Goliath staging of this fight that he gets into in the weight room. He's, like, doing bench presses, and the guy, like, puts a ton of weight on it, and he gets trapped and has to, like, get his feet up under it and get himself loose. But it's basically Andre the Giant versus you. Like, it's a it's a very yeah. average-sized person and a gigantic man. There's a great bit where Bond is, like, picking up random objects to use his defense, and this guy just keeps destroying them, including this wooden out- bench. I mean, my brain is, like tuned to like today movies where i was like is this guy on some kind of like super drug that the bad guys are formulating oh. like because he's no. like the yeah, hulk yeah. or bane he's like yeah huge because bond is like throwing weights at his face and nothing's happening he's punching him with weights and nothing's happening and i was like is this a plot point that like he's <laughs> some kind of super soldier He's just got good fighting spirit. It's a, it's a, it's an old school wrestling tactic of just like they'd hit Andre the Giant a lot and nothing would happen. And then if Andre went to one knee, it was like, oh my god, the hero is, is making a dent. Yeah. Uh, he also has this like the bad guy has this sort of spring weapon that is what just the hell was that decimate? I don't know. It looks like a really tightly coiled spring that's about two feet long with a handle. And so when he swings it, it gets this tremendous velocity and just is like shearing things in half. It shears a sheet pan in half, just like saws right and through a knife. it. It's so bizarre. Um, but they fight all over the place, including a really good gag where they're like fighting in the hallway. And he hits Bond who stumbles past this group of patients watching a boxing match and the punches like sink to a punch in the fight. And then he just like cocks a hand under his chin and stands behind the chair. Someone turns around and is like nodding at the fight like, oh, what a, what a doozy. <laughs> yeah, that it's fun. stupid, but I like it was genuinely funny to me. I think maybe this this scene was part of why I, like this movie felt weird because I was like. I don't see Sean Connery and think like strong, like fighter kind of guy. Right. Like, he's more of a gadgets. Like I, I see Connery and think gadgets. But see, I, I agree with you hundred percent, but that's why I like this. Cause he doesn't win. Cause he's stronger. He wins because he outsmarts the guy. Yeah. Like, but like he should he's using, he shouldn't have lasted that long. <laughs> like that's what I mean. I think, like he, yeah. he, what the, what happened to him should have killed him because he's old and frail. I mean, I get your point, but I think that the character is just like he's tough as nails. Double he's ARP, not the strongest guy. <laughs> and I also love so the fight ends up. They fight all over the place. They fight through the kitchen. They fight in the hallway. They fight in this room full of chemicals that Bond gets thrown into, and it's all spilled over him. And he grabs just a random beaker and throws it in the guy's face, and the guy reacts as if it's hydrochloric acid, falls backwards, and he dies. And you're like, oh, he got killed by the acid. But his face looks. And it normal. turns out he fell into a bunch of very sharp things. Yeah, yeah. But Bond turns the beaker around and it's his own urine specimen. Well, because earlier this woman holds up a like a pitcher and she's like, I need you to fill this this beaker with urine. And I was like, that's like a 40 ounce yeah. pitcher. Yeah. There's no liquid left did, did in his body. A, did you give him a couple of big gulps first? <laughs> because holy shit. This is like the amount of pee you produce after you have a large soda at a movie and you wait the whole movie to go. Yeah, this is. I drank a coffee to start a, like a three-hour drive, and I'm I'm yeah. racing inside. Yes, what a fool I was! How dumb I was back then. 
Um, I also feel like this Bond is very Ferris Bueller-y with like I can see he's that. sort of he's sort of quipping and quipping all over the place, and, and it's like the kind of thing Josh we Josh I always say that would have been like, ooh, let me take notes, and this is just all my characters. Yeah. Um. So they use the plan. The bad guys use Spectre does the plan to switch the warheads, and wow, it's so easy to swap out fake warheads for real ones. <laughs> Well, he did have to have a corneal transplant to be the president. I thought that was... Yeah, but literally all the president has to do is, like, look in the thing and, like, okay, we'll take out the fake warheads and put real ones in. Like, that shouldn't be a command. <laughs> like, if this is a training exercise, that's not a command. Yeah, fair. I mean, it is stupid. It's a Bond movie. Again, we're, remember the world we're playing in. I know. Here. It's not our world. It's but his. fun fact I, but yeah, that I wish I had noticed, um, the voice of the lady on the like the eye scanner thing is uh-huh. Amy Irving of uh Carrie fame and also oh. um the singing voice of Jessica Rabbit. Interesting. She did a lot of voice work apparently. Okay. I actually thought the 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 fake eye was a pretty classic Bond type gag where it's like you replace the cornea to do the thing. Um we get some cool miniatures after this and some green screen of like the, the nukes are on these jets and the jets are flying. And then the, the, the eye guy gets out of there and he starts like driving away. Meanwhile, Fatima pulls up next to him and like waves at him and he's all excited that she's proud of him. And then she throws a snake in his car. Oh, they also got him addicted to heroin to get it. Oh yes. That was part of the plan. Like they got him addicted to heroin so they could give him a cornea transplant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very, it's a very James Bond villain plan. It's very much the Joker in the dark Knight. Where like, if you, if you realize how many steps you had to go back, when did, like, whoa, whoa, there's easier ways. It turns out he's been, he's been planning this for 27 years. Um, yeah. So I was like, cause I was like, oh, Fatima's going to pull out a a silenced pistol and shoot him. Great. No, No, she throws a snake in his car. Yes, but there's a snake in my boot. It's not even like not. snakes are her seat. thing or her name is like <laughs> Viper or like Viper. Like, right. Th- I needed the snake to the make s- sense. The snake doesn't even really come back, right? No, that's what I mean. Like if her thing was she's like, I'm the she's the 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 Viper would be a great name. Yeah, her name was Viper. Like um, and then like her thing is snakes and she's always in snake skin. Like, give me something. Because instead, she's just like a regular yeah. assassin lady. Right. Um, but yeah, I love that she like picks up the snake and she's cooing at it. And I'm like, oh, this, so she's like Jake the Snake. This is her like finishing maneuver that she's got hidden in a bag at all times. And then it just does. <laughs> it just the, has the a snake. bag of snakes. <laughs> that, that's Jake the Snake. He was a wrestler. He had a snake I in know. a bag. And, and he, would win his, he would win his matches and then he'd put the snake on people. That was his old gimmick. Her thing, she always has a live bubble around her neck, like Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I always think of the, uh, I don't know if I've talked about this in the podcast before, but Ron Funches has a really great bit about being a grown man who likes wrestling. And he's like, people are always trying to tell me it's fake. And I'm always like, oh, you mean the thing I like with the fireworks and the pageantry and the guy who has a snake in a bag that he uses to bite his enemies isn't real. 
no shit. I don't want it to be real. Do you think I want to live in a world where people have like a minor car accident? The way they settle in it is to throw punches at each other. That's insane. Please tell me they at one point shot a promo video of his snake. Like they put sunglasses like, on his snake. No, I don't think so. The snake was like a cool, cool mystery. Cause that'd be great. I just want like a director's chair with a snake on it. <laughs> We can do that. If somebody out there wants to animate that, we'll we'll write the script and do the voice work <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of, of the promo of the snake. And the and snake, the snake is, a, is the, like a real diva. Well, I'm not. Or I'm picturing the snake doesn't talk. It's just like a. <laughs> like I want the snake to have like a cigarette. I want a cigarette. I want a long no cigarette, hands. like a cigarette holder. Yeah, and it's got yeah a yeah tail yeah. On it. style. Like. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it's like the snake's doing the sort of like offstage things were falling apart, and it's like, yeah, Jake, whew, you know, he was going through a rough time, and so you know, we just we had to go our separate ways, and no, the snake this, like slithers away. The snake is coiled around a martini glass, so its head is like yes. perched at the edge, so it could like yes, and then yeah, and yeah, then yeah, puff yeah, yeah. the cigarette with his tail. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. Um. But yeah, she retrieves the snake from the car, and then. The car explodes. It's a good car explosion. No, the car but, crashes, yeah, like and s- then she puts a bomb in it, takes the snake, and blows up the car. Oh, that's right. She puts like, a that's bomb. That's what in. I mean. Okay, like, okay. she had a bomb the yeah. whole time. <laughs> you and didn't chose the to use step. the snake. Right. Well, like, 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 that's what makes it more confusing that the snake takes an Uber out of the movie because the like it was her gimmick, and you're like, oh, so she's going to be the snake killer person, and it's like, no, she just had that snake that day, I guess. Or they could have called her Cleopatra, because did Cleopatra have the asp? Yeah, or what was the Medusa? That would be a good one. Medusa? Snake hair, Medusa, right? Yeah, the, yeah. There's, there's a lot of snake names that we could have gone with and like, yeah, given no. her a thing. Right. So we cut away from this. Keep we that get actress, because she's great. No, yeah, she is. She's very good. Uh, we cut back to the missiles. There's one at the ocean floor, and then Spectre comes on and is like, hey, we've got all these missiles. We're going to blow up the whole world. So I was confused at first because I was like, so they want to blow things up. Okay. And then I was like, no, they don't because they just crash. Like, what is happening? But also. They they crashed them so they could steal them. Yes. I grabbed. I grabbed. I, I got there. Well, I'm just, explaining for the audience <laughs> that, like, the point of this exercise was to steal the warheads. So what happens, um, like, if in the event that this, because I assume that training drills like this are a real thing that occur in the world. So what is the outcome of a training drill? Like when you use a dummy warhead, does it just like a metal chunk of something just crashes somewhere? I guess so. Or they might not actually launch them. They might like fly them to the site and then air quotes launch them and then not actually drop it. Oh, you know? uh, okay. Like part of the exercise is probably loading the thing onto the plane. So like everybody gets to get the training, not just the pilot. Makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. And then the pilot could do everything but actually hit the release button. That would, I mean, that would make sense to me. I don't have any actual idea, but that that is how it would make sense to me. If you were to, it's like doing a fire drill, right? You want everybody to do their part of if it were an actual fire, including, you know, take the extinguisher off the wall or whatever. Yeah. So MI6 is like, oh, you know, these warheads got stolen. You know, the pres like they basically say all the, th- they're like, well, the, someone would had to have the, pre- like an eye, the eye scan to do this, uh-huh. this and this and bond like, yeah kind of puts it together if bond had been like oh i i watched this happen like i know what this is like yeah, i would have yeah, liked yeah. this mo- this movie would have been better for me but he was like sure what about a false eye and they're like that's yeah. stupid 
and I was like, hey, how many movies ago was a guy painting people gold and another guy <laughs> threw a hat to take people's heads off? Exactly. Like, are we sure? It's, like, it's so weird that some of these people don't live in the Bondverse, which is where this movie takes place. Yes. Um, there's a uh, skeezy, pervy dance studio mirror for Largo to watch his girlfriend dance. It's a two-way mirror, so he can like perv behind her like a like a cop interrogation. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. Uh, there's some weird, real funk music in there too. It's very like pornographic. All of her music from the is, 60s. is porn. Yeah, and this is Kim Basinger, by the way, mm-hmm. who only took this role because her career had taken off. Right. Well, I, I no, I, that's a f- that is a fact. She had been offered Bond I, roles before and was like, no, no oh. one's going to respect me. I can't, I won't do that. Oh, interesting. Okay. And then her okay. career didn't take off. So she was like, fine, I'll take a fucking Bond movie. Yeah. And then she picked like a non-Bond Bond. <laughs> yeah. She I was like, oh, you poor, you poor, poor lady. It's really funny because this era, she looks a lot like Daryl Hannah, but obviously she does. is the worst actress. And I kept like, I kept, it took me a while to realize it was Kim Basinger. And I kept being like this dollar store, Daryl Hannah, like this is the best we could get. And then I realized who it was. And I was like, Oh, this was a get. <laughs> this was a bit of a get. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, um, she, I was like, if you just wait a few more years, necklace. you're going to get Batman. And then yeah, still aren't going to take off for you, but at least you're in Batman. Yeah. Right. Well, I, I find her to be very similar to like a Denise Richards where not a great actor, mostly there for their looks. That's fair. Cause I couldn't tell you another Kim Basinger movie. Uh, the one with Mickey Rourke nine and a half weeks, I think it's called is like very famous. Oh, I um, believe it. Speaking of Denise Richards for the third time in this podcast, uh, subscribers to the bag of soup sentinel on patreon will know this already but uh tammy and the t-rex is on showtime and also shutter and absolute dynamite entertainment while you're home uh cooped up all the time hilarious 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 b-movie the r-rated cut of it was just basically unearthed in the last year or two really worth your time so go check that out um so he gives her this necklace that's called the Tears of Allah, and it's this very obviously a map of some type when you look at yeah. it. But of course, the movie takes another hour to get there. Hour and a half. <laughs> is that how long it is? Okay. Yes, this movie is too long. That's my problem. Oh, with these they're movies. all too long. Like, I you know, I, like my boyfriend quotes it says, "You love a tight ninety. I love a tight ninety. Like, yeah, this movie is over two hours long." And if you're watching it, currently it's available on Pluto TV for free with no, like, sign. you don't have to, like, sign up or anything. You just go to the site and watch it. Yeah. But it has ads. And on Wikipedia, it said it was, like, an hour, two hours, ten minutes. Fifteen, but yeah. I assume ten for credits. And then I turned it on, and it said two hours, 45 minutes, and I almost jumped out a window. I think it actually ran shorter than that for me because I didn't have that many ads. So like most of my I got, when I got to the ads. commercial, oh no, I got like the same stupid Reese's Easter eggs ad plus like four car commercials. Oh, interesting. I only had one or two for most of my ad breaks. So final credits rolled and I still had 20 minutes left, like 15, 20 minutes left on the thing. Whoa, that's bonkers. Yeah, and so I was confused. So yeah, final credits start with five remaining when I watched. Yeah, there were like 15, 20 minutes left. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah, Pluto TV has all of the bonds. Actually, yeah, I, I noticed think. that, or al- almost all of the bonds. Um, and also, I kept getting ads for they had a 
uh, after school cartoons block you can watch, which is all the stuff we watched when we were kids. So that like might what? be something I'd be turn on. Like recess? Like uh Recess was Saturday morning. What was the after school stuff? Like Animaniacs was an after school oh, yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Those kind of ones. I think the um I think the uh, X-Men cartoon is on Disney Plus. It is. Uh, I'm really excited to watch that because we had family friends that had the VHS of that. So it uh no, we had the VHS of that. We did? Yes, we got it from Pizza Hut, my man. I, re- well, may- I remember watching it over at the Gracie's. Oh, no, we definitely had the X-Men. But it was, obviously, it's only like two ep- two or three episodes. So it's mm-hmm. just the extended pilot. So I know the pilot so well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, back to James Bond. Uh, this is where Q gets to come in the movie, and he is Bond's in the gadgetry room. It sounded and, like uh, he was the lifestyles of the rich and famous guy, but it's not him. Yes. He sounds just like Leach. him. He does. He does. And this is always my favorite part of James Bond, of like the insane tech stuff. Yeah, I love gadgets. The new ones don't do it as much. Yeah. But I love a good a good dumb gadget. Um, and, that, and that, again, goes to like, like – I, the first Bond I ever saw was, I think, Thunderball, which was at a sleepover birthday party for a friend of mine in the neighborhood. And the dad was a James Bond guy. And so he rented some James Bonds. Like, this is perfect for 10-year-old boys, which it is. Yeah. Um, you know, they're mostly pretty cha- – like, they, he has sex, but it's very, like, they kiss and then it fades to black. And I don't think you see – like you, That's what I mean. You don't see any you boob. Can, you just, like, they lay yeah, on the bed yeah. and, like, they're clearly yeah. both topless, but you don't see anything. Yes. Right. Uh, except for one shot of Kim Basinger in this movie where you can 100% see through her shirt, which I imagine is something that was not noticed until HD was a yeah. thing. Um, anyway, Q's there and he starts like uh, bl- he's like playing with all these gadgets. He uses this little pen gun to blow up a target, which is pretty rad looking. Mm-hmm. And then we get a laser watch, which is just a classic Bond gadget. Like at this point, it feels like it's just they just need to update the software on his laser watch each time. Yeah, you would think. Um, so uh, Bond goes to a place that I can't remember, and this is a beautiful seaside destination. Yeah, if he goes to the movie Mamma Mia, <laughs> he um, does indeed go to the movie Mamma Mia. Which honestly wouldn't make sense if he was one of those guys. It was. Hey, isn't well, Pierce, Pierce Brosnan, Brosnan one of those guys? Pierce Brosnan's one. Okay, of them. <laughs> James and Bond is definitely fun fact. Pierce Brosnan cannot Mama sing Mia. and should not sing. <laughs> that movie is so bad but delightful. And then the sequel makes even less sense. Yeah, I would imagine that's that's that checks out. Um, he immediately starts flirting with this very attractive woman. Yes. Well, also, is it like the third time that someone shout like for a secret agent? He sure does a lot of introducing himself by his full name. Yes. And then other people <laughs> shout his name does. across crowded areas, and I'm just like, yeah, Mister Mr. Bean rolls up, going like, Mister Bond, James Bond, hello, James Bond, is he in here, James Bond? Like, why did, does does Bond ever have an alias? No, not that I, I'm sure yes, but not that I recall. That, feels that like is not such a, an oversight that each mission is not like you're gonna be, you know, Marty O'Toole, and you're gonna be a, like a <laughs> an insurance salesman, like. Sean Connery with his very thick <laughs> Scottish accent trying to be like a f- friggin' leprechaun. Hello, I'm Marty O'Toole. <laughs> Welcome to the land of plenty. No, because like, it, so that would be a great spoofy idea where it's like <laughs> Sean Connery's thick uh, accent that you like very persistent. He's like, 
this is my American accent. And they're like, wow, it's so convincing. Like, I want that universe of like, <laughs> he goes through like all of his accents and it's just the same voice. And they're like, so great. Um, I'd love that Mr. Bean is in this movie for no reason. It's really quite, Rowan yeah, Atkinson it's apparently is really, his film debut. A, oh, interesting. He's very good at this bumbling idiot stuff. It, it makes sense why Mr. Bean was such a phenomenon. Well, what I like about this is that it's not it's not like aggressive overt bumbling idiot. Yes. He's like fumbling sidekick. Yes, exactly. Fumbling Which brings not bumbling. A little bit of, yes, yeah. That's a good that's a good um delineator. Um then <laughs> so this beautiful woman he's flirting with goes out on her boat. She's like she makes a joke about catching James Bond, basically. And I'm like, oh, I bet that comes back. I, I have seen this before, but I didn't quite remember it. I was like, I'm sure that, that is a callback. You don't even have to have seen this movie to have seen this movie before. <laughs> right, right. But then, so Bond's in the, uh, <laughs> Bond's at this bar and Fatima is water skiing and he's kind of like flirting. She, they're like flirting while she's water skiing, which as someone who has water skied successfully only two times, I can tell you I was not in a position to be doing anything but like clinging for dear life to a tow rope. It just reminded me of that scene in Bob's Burgers with the boat episode where Teddy just has to keep driving by the restaurant shouting at his yeah. ex-wife. <laughs> Bob! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Denise! Oh, right, right, right. Denise! Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because she just yeah. keeps looping they, whoever is driving just keeps looping her around so she can like do a leg bend and she can like yes do a split like and then she water skis up into the restaurant <laughs> yes the, at a ramp designed for this purpose <laughs> like why is that a thing <laughs> why is it there a been, like, water, water ski slide. entrance to this bar yeah, yeah. But, like, I've been in a restaurant that has boat parking. That makes sense. But this restaurant doesn't have just boat parking. They have a landing pad for you on your water skis. <laughs> this is like a carnival attraction. <laughs> yeah. She 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 flies up this ramp at breakneck speed. And it he, almost looks like, a, well, like something out of, like, Christmas Vacation. The way it shot. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And while holding a martini, he catches her in the other hand. And she's like, well, I've gotten you all wet. And it's like, oh, here comes the horrible sexual innuendo. She said that. And I was like, (laughs) which again, in other in the real world, bad here. Great. Although I don't think he says what we assumed he would have said. Right. I was I think that's a little too cheeky for the the censor board at the time. Um. But this leads to they go on her boat together and do some scuba diving. Well, they bone and then do some scuba diving. Oh, right. They do bone first. I forgot about that. They got to go to bone Um, town. They do. Is that that the second? That's James's second bone town with the second different woman in the movie. I think think that's correct. Of of four. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) We are only halfway through his, his... uh, insane sexual uh, hijinks. Yes, um, but this sequence, a remote though, I, yes, is like the perfect level of stupidity for me. They, she puts this tracking beacon on James, and then does something to the shark. Like puts a little tracker. Well, no, I, it's, I don't to me know. It what seems it like they they have these sharks. Oh, you thought they were like pet sharks? I think they're like for this purpose of like. I see. Because there's a couple sharks, I think. There are. But there is a full-on sequence in this movie where Sean Connery's stunt double has a fist fight with a shark puppet. And it is just 
delightful, including a sequence where he like dives into a shipwreck. The it's shark Little is Mermaid. chasing him. It's the opening sequence of yes. Little Mermaid. Yes, but he gets through a door and the shark's right behind him and he shuts the shark in a door like it's he's shutting out Jack Nicholson in The Shining. <laughs> and the, I wanted the shark, the shark puppet's nose all squishes up. Yeah, I wanted to be like, here's Chompy, you know, burst through the glass. Although, hang on, this movie was before, or what, it was either before they did it or the impetus for doing it. Those, like, no animals were harmed in the making of this movie. Oh, really? So maybe that was actually like a nurse shark that they just punched around. I mean, I guess it just seems so hard that they would use a shark and it would like be able to be shot. Well, I also love, there's a gag right after he gets past the shark, a license plate comes fluttering by. Oh, I didn't notice that. And I was like, Oh, that's a cute little jaws gag. Um, so he kills a shark and then his breathing tube falls out for some reason. The shark, like I think breaks it. Oh, okay. His regulator for his air tank. But so yeah, the regulator falls out of his mouth, but then like you see that the whole tube just fell off. Yeah. So he does a whip it off his oxygen tank. <laughs> he does. He's doing straight whippets off the tank. And then somehow knows that this uh, fishing line he's grabbing onto is his sexy ladies. Yes. Who's dressed like Huck Finn. She, yes. So she reels him in, and then he's naked under the wetsuit. I guess. Well, so yeah. Usually she gives are. him. She gives him the overalls to wear. <laughs> Which, honestly, I love that visual of yeah, Sean Connery in overalls. Would. Like, that's hilarious. Just overalls. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, so she's, because she was in a bikini when we first met her. Then she was in overalls. Now she's back in the bikini, but he's wearing the overalls and just the overalls. Right. And like, right. it's James Bond wearing only overalls. Like, that's hilarious. Yes. No, it's a delight. It's very silly looking. Connery has this whole, like, carpet of chest hair sticking out, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this leads to like so we've seen Fatima place a bomb in Bond's room because she so saw it. So she pulled a Joan Cusack in Adam's Family Values and is like partying on a boat, and then she sees James Bond and is like, "Damn it!" <laughs> so she goes to put a bomb in his room. Bond, of course, goes to bed with this uh, boat lady, and uh, while they're having sex, an explosion goes off, and he looks over and sees its room, and he's like, "Well, I guess we made the right choice." She's like. What do you mean? He's like, your place over mine. And then they go back to having sex. So third time, third lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, he learns that uh, Largo's yacht is heading to the south of France. He meets uh, up with Felix Leiter, who's a recurring Bond movie character at this point. Oh, I see. Yeah, different actors, of course, but he's that character's been in many of them. So it was cool to see him show up. And he's like assisting Bond with this stuff. Yeah, so they go to the south of France, and I didn't realize this was a fourth woman. Because yes. I thought it seemed like the same woman he had just left with. But I was yes. like, she knows a lot yeah. about spy stuff. Yeah, yeah. Very confusing. Um, then he goes to this second goop type resort and he pretends to be a masseuse. It's like a, like a wellness. It's, like, it's more like a spa. The first yeah. one was like a goop but, thing. This yeah, is a spa. Yeah. But he's massaging Kim Basinger with dry hands very poorly and she is acting as if this is the greatest time her body has ever been touched by anything yeah and then we find out that oh also this is the moment where he walks through this because he walks in and he's like do you serve do you service men here and the front desk lady like lifts her leg to her head and is like some men more than others wink 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 and, like, <laughs> her and then he, like, 
walks as he walks through the spa, all the women. It's that scene in Stranger Things season three where they're at the pool. Yes, yeah, yes, and all the Billy walks by the moms over. in the pool, and they're all like, "Waka Like they yeah, are the yeah. Tex Avery wolf in the zoot suit. Ah, uh-huh. um, and this is where we learn that Domino Kim Basinger is the sister of the guy who did the cornea transplant. Yes. For literally no reason. Well, because they had to get everything tied together. But, like, sh- there was no, like, I use- she wasn't used to get to her brother. Like, there was no, no reason it make for the sense. connection. No, no. It, it only exists so that she has a reason to be mad at the bad guy. That's fair. So, we go- Bond goes to the casino, and he's walking through all the table games. Then he comes across an arcade, which is just, like, an odd, wild thing. Although, there are places in Vegas that have arcades, too. Um, like, non-betting arcades like this? Yeah. For kids. Okay. Uh, oh, also, then, he, she finds out that Bond doesn't work there. Yes, yes. And he just randomly assaulted her. Um, but the bad guy, uh, and I want to get the actor's name because he's very good. Max von Sydow? this guy. No, no. Ma- I mean, Max von Sydow is in the movie, but I'm talking about the, um, the, the main bad guy is played by Klaus Maria Brandau. Oh, the actor. Uh, wait. Who? Is it Max von Sydow, the, Largo? No, Largo is Klaus Brandauer. Oh, he's got kind of a um, Mac von Sydow is Blofeld. Blofeld, thank you. But yeah, Largo, so he's like Largo's got kind of a who is uh, Marty McFly's dad originally? Uh, Crispin Glover. Yeah, he's got kind of a Crispin Glover vibe. In that he's kind of a weirdo. Yes, for sure. But also that he's that face. They both have a kind of like squinty. Yeah, face. yeah, yeah. I think he's awesome in this. I think he's a very good Bond villain. Mm -hmm. Um, He invites Bond to play this game, and it's basically a version of that electric chair thing you may have seen at a Boardwalker arcade where the – although this actually says it's electric shock, but it's like a big uh, bomb flying type game. It makes no sense. And if – yeah, if you lose, you get electrocuted. Uh, So Watching this game, I'm like, I play video games. I play video games in 2020. And this yeah. game makes no sense. 80s video games are also very different. You know, the logic is not necessarily the same. I guess. Um, also, but, the Fatima is dressed for the Met Gala, like all Bond villainesses. Yes. Um, but this dude, uh, Largo, is basically like that friend of yours. He's like, hey, I got a new game. You want to come check it out? And then you go over there and it turns out he's had it for two months and it's just dunking on your ass for no reason he's like i invented this game and i was like oh then why are you shouldn't be allowed to play it right exactly and he's just like destroying bond over and over again and it's like well this feels a little bit uh a little bit shitty yeah i think also uh domino earlier ordered a double bloody mary with extra worcestershire sauce and i was like at an evening gala that's an interesting drink yeah. choice yeah, I knew a person once who didn't like sweet beverages at all and just drank Bloody Marys all times of day, and it seemed crazy to me. But also, like, I'm like, you're wearing a white gown. Oh, that's true. That's true. A, she's, it's she's a weird a time lady. of day for for a double bloody, especially for a fancy function. Yeah, and you're wearing white. You in danger, girl. <laughs> so instead of collecting his winnings, um, because oh, the casino is oh, a charity. The, well, but also Bond does like a. a Rope-a-dope, where he loses two games and then just dunks on the guy in the third game because apparently James Bond is good at video games, I guess. Sure. 
And so when he wins, he's like, oh, I'll dance with your girl instead of taking money because women are currency. Right. Um, well, also information is currency. Well, yes. Um, but he, the, but Largo doesn't know that. No, that's true. Uh, so they dance talk and he's like, your brother's dead. And she takes it very well. Yeah. For, yeah. I was like, considering the circumstances. Uh, so then Largo's like, hey, I'll cut in. Why don't you have lunch with us on our boat tomorrow? Uh, bye. And then he gets yeah. home. Bond goes home and his agent friend that I guess was his like contact drowned in a waterbed was drowned. Yeah, in it's a, a Freddy. It's a str- it's a straight up Freddy Krueger kill. It is. Yeah, it's been done twice. Um, so he realizes it was Fatima because she's still in the house. Right. So he chases he chases her, and this leads to a pretty fun car slash motorcycle chase. Yeah, it's kind of cool. My only issue is that like there was no explanation of any of the bike gadgets. Like when Q was break, he was like, "We saw the frame of a bike." When Q was talking right. to him, and he was like, "I'm working on a bike for you. We'll talk about it. No, no need to talk about it anymore." And then yeah. Bond is like flipping switches and like stuffs, and I was like, "What's happening?" <laughs> um. I do like the end of this is really my favorite part where he gets cornered and they're like, all right, drive your motorcycle onto this panel truck. And he does it. And then he pulls a 180, like a wheelie 180 and leaps out of the back of the panel truck to get away. It's very stupid, but also a delight. Yeah. And then Fatima catches him. And this pissed me off because she is like a very capable character up to this point. Yeah. And then she's like, hey, I want you to write down that I'm the best lay you've ever had. And I was like, really? You need this <laughs> approval? <laughs> Apparently. Well, she she's aware that he has already slept with two other women in the one four-day period that she has known he existed. So maybe she just knows he's a huge slut. Um, so he, of course, he uses his pen gun thing that Q gave him. And she explodes like a Roman candle. <laughs> It's like the kill at the end of, um, oh, geez, Death Wish 4 that we did a while back. Oh, yeah. Where he shoots that guy with a bazooka at the end. But the best part is she, he shoots her, and it just looks like a little stab wound. She's, like, laughing it off. And then Bond rolls over to hide his face as it just blows her to bits. It's crazy. Except her shoes, which are perfectly standing where the, she was standing. Just a little smoky and blackened. Yeah. And then his CIA um, friend just shows up. Yeah, lighter, lighter rolls in with the cops. Because uh, the cops are on one side of the gate, and then Lighter's like, hey, I'm here. And Bond's like, where have you been? And he's like, around. Let's go. <laughs> around is kind of the perfect answer for this movie, though. Um, this is where I started getting really bored, because there's like 40 minutes. There's yeah. Like 30 this minutes movie, has, this movie. F- has basically four acts instead of three, and it just makes it feel weird. Mm-hmm. Um, also, for some reason, all the men in this movie wear short wetsuits. Which I find adorable. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, maybe they just want... You know, also, the water's probably warmer. That's true. Later, we see Kim Basinger in a wetsuit that is like a one-piece women's bikini, yeah. or not bikini, uh, bathing suit. And it was with just sleeves. like, well, wait a minute. Yes, exactly. It's the high-cut one-piece uh, with sleeves. <laughs> yes. Uh, so Bond's on this yacht. Um, he goes into the dance studio where Kim Basinger is and he turns the radio up real loud and he does that thing where you kind of like dance with each other and talk to hide the fact that people are listening. Uh, and then he's like, I'm going to kiss you one because it's important that he sees it. And two, because I really want to. (laughs) 
So they kiss and then run away. They, as Largo runs out, they run out too. She sets up the fire alarm. Um, Bond goes into his little chamber and sends off a message. And then Largo pulls a Catwoman and just destroys the dance studio with an axe. Yeah, yeah. Also, I will say Bond moves pretty good for being 52 years old. Like, like Connery is in good shape compared to the way we saw Roger Moore air quotes run the last time we did a Bond movie, which was like they shot him from the neck up. (laughs) Also, I realized Bond was invited for lunch on this yacht and somehow he's cool with them being like, we're going to North Africa. Well, they kidnap him. Yeah, but like when the boat leaves the harbor, you'd be like, hey... Um, <laughs> what's what's going on here, bud? Or you just dive off the boat? Like, come on. That's true. Uh, so we get to the North African home, and we show off all of the bad Largo's antiquities, including this jade sculpture that he gives to Domino as a, quote, wedding gift. And then he threatens to kill her, so she drops it, and he kind of, like, laughs about her being clumsy, which is very weird. Yeah. And then he's like, we're done here. Yeah. And then Bond we- is... T- Chained up in a room full of vultures. And actual skeletons. Yes. It's very odd. Uh, They are basically selling Kim Basinger, it looks like. Mm -hmm. It looks like the original Pirates of the Caribbean scene uh, where she's handcuffed and being sold. Yeah. Uh, Bond uses his laser watch to open the bars. And Bond was also told that the... um, the, the two bombs remaining, one is in D.C., and the other one is, I guess, on the boat still? Yeah, he, he says it's... I guess he says oh, no, it's, it's hidden. Because later it's underwater. It's not hidden. It's, yeah, yeah. it's hidden at the, at the Tears of Allah. But I like how they parallel the training sequence from the beginning of the movie with essentially Bond doing the same thing in reverse to get out of this. Like, he lasers the bars open, and he dangles by one hand out the window so the person comes to investigate the bars... He grabs it's this so guy and stupid. throws him. Yeah. It's a cool, uh, there's a couple cool water stunts based off mm-hmm. his tower. Um, and I will say, we, we should have mentioned this earlier, but this is directed by Irving Kirshner, who also directed uh, Empire Strikes Back. So the directing oh, yeah, is yeah. very good. Like the camera, the camera movements are cool. There's some cool stunts in here. So he swoops in on a horse and saves Domino. They run around. There's some really bad effects of the horse jumping into the water. I don't think it's an effect. I think they just threw a horse in the water. Well, no, the effect of them falling off the tower is fake. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the horse definitely jumped off something into water. Yeah, well, no, there's a there's a shot of, like, a wide shot of the tower and this tiny yeah. little horse and people. Yeah. Like, that's fake. But, yeah, they really yes. tossed a horse in the water. Yeah. Um, they also... And like, Bond's shirt came off? Yes, that's the part, but uh, that's delightful. But they also like they are galloping to the edge and then it becomes like an extremely tight close up of their two faces. And like they they didn't have a background. So it's just like purple and blue swirlies like it gets psychedelic for a frame. Weird. But yes, then they land in the water and Bond has no shirt. They do show the horse swimming away, Mm -hmm. although I I hope that was real. I hope. God, I hope Um, the DC bomb gets diffused quickly off screen because they realize that this movie's running long. Yes. Yeah, at this point, they're like, oh, shit, we got to get this whole thing done in 10 minutes. So we have Deus Ex Submarine, where the lighter and the gang come and scoop them up, and then they're on the sub. Um, And it's just, like, really choppy editing, where it's like, scene, change, scene, change, scene, change. It's just like we're jumping around. Uh, they They get in these stupid flying machines. Well, first, first we do, like, oh, her necklace is a map. 
and we use the map to find out where the thing I yeah, is. Yeah, I was like, why did you keep that stupid necklace? It's ugly. Right. And then there's a sequel. Well, she told him it was very, or he told her it was very valuable. Oh, so. Yeah. so there's a sequence of scuba diving, which is kind of cool. And then these flying jetpack things that you mentioned. Sorry. It's just so, like, why this movie is too long for this much stupid padding. <laughs> right. I don't right. understand I don't like what it is of- about Bond movies that, like, they have to be like an hour 45 is a respectable movie. Yeah. I think almost all of them are over 210, which is insane to me. Yeah. No, they're slow. I mean, they're slow movies. The other thing to think about too, is they used to be huge cable staples. I remember TNT used to run like all of them over a weekend or whatever. And it like, they're like, like we saw close to three hours long when you run commercials, you know, commercials in them. Yeah. I also, all I could think of with the jetpack was Schwarzenegger in, uh, in Jingle uh, All the Way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I'm yelling at the TV, Jamie. Yeah, that's what it looked like. They also, like, they're jetpacks, but they're like a little tiny elevator you stand yeah, in. So cage. clearly they were just they were just on wires being like moved by a crane. It's so dumb. Um So so Bond and Felix put on smaller scuba gear and they go to find the like underwater cave entrance where Largo has hidden this bomb. And now we're doing Temple of Doom. Yeah, Bond destroys an ancient statue, which yeah. Well, so, so like does it Liger. looks like the rope so does, on uh, the statue Liger. is holding up the nuclear warhead. And I was like, if you drop that, doesn't the warhead fall and just like explode? Yeah, I don't know. I doubt it. I doubt they're that sensitive, but maybe. But it doesn't fall. That's the thing. He like destroys the like support thing, and it doesn't fall. Yeah, it's it's. They also like just the idea that they threw a rope around an old statue to move this bomb is kind of nuts as well. Yeah, this is where I wrote, I'm so bored. <laughs> this leads to a crazy gunfight that is just all that ricochet bullet noise, like pakiru, 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 tedious. Yeah, yeah. At this point, I don't I, I don't need a gunfight. I I kind of want to get to the end of this movie. Yeah. So Bond runs out, and there's a, they lower a swing. Like he's, you know, doing a grand entrance well, first, at a pageant. For, first an explosion blocks his exit, and then they get this swing in so he can get out that way. Yeah, and so he gets helicoptered out on a swing, like he's on a parade float. And then he dives into a well. And, and this leads the to day. a fight with a henchman. Well, this leads to a, a, a little fight with a henchman where he pulls, he like they're fist fighting underwater, which is very clunky looking. And then he finally pulls the guy's mask off. And this is where, like, if I'm... Largo, right? If I'm the the bad guy, first of all, my scuba divers are wearing both regular old swim goggles and then a mask over top of that. So if someone yanks your mask, you have goggles underneath. But beyond that, mm-hmm. you're all spending time with your eyes open in a saltwater tank. I'm sorry. We're getting used to it. We're we're gonna be desensitized to it and we're gonna be able to see underwater with no mask because I'm not having this happen to me. Yeah, I agree. Also, just kill Bond. Like when you have him, kill him. Yeah. Just, yeah, you could have just killed him. But I do like that the movie ends with Kim Basinger shooting Largo with a spear gun, a la Jason Voorhees in Friday the 13th That's 3D. True. It's just really a, a big delight to me. Uh, and then the the final, like, the, the, the denouement, as it were, is Bond and Kim Basinger in this beautiful pool and hot tub. And she brings him, like, a hurricane to drink. And he's like, I always have a martini at five. And and then the door opens and he goes in a, uh, a mission to find who sneaks in throws the guy in the pool and it turns out to be mr bean who's like begging him to come back to work and he says never again and she of course says well never say never again james and then we get the bad song again yeah 
Oh, and he literally winks at yes, the camera. I forgot that part. He literally yes, turns he and winks at the camera. Um, final uh, James Bond thoughts? It's it's just too long and tedious. It's not, and it's not as fun as other like um, View to a Kill. I remember being fun. Like What's Her Face was made that movie fun. Yeah. I did enjoy this. I do agree with you that it's long, especially when you're watching it old school with like commercial breaks and stuff. But this, I do think Connery is a way better Bond than Roger Moore. And I like the, like I said, this exists in its own universe, which is not our universe. And men are pig trash in it. And that's, that's okay mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's, it's a different world than ours. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say, especially these times, this is this weird times we're living in. This is a solid way to spend a couple hours. You put it on while you're doing other stuff, maybe while you're working from home, if you're able to do that and you can, you can watch, uh, you can have the time pass a little faster while you're doing this. But yeah, I, I, it's a light recommend. I would give it a, I would recommend under normal circumstances. I think, I think it's a, I think it's a fun bond, not a good movie Mm, is what I would say, Maybe, but you don't have to agree. That's fine. Um, thank you so much for listening to the show. We really, really appreciate that, of course. So our next episode drops on uh, sort of holiday for certain people. It's April 20th. So we're going to be doing the very seasonally appropriate class of Nukem High. It's our first trauma picture. Is it our first trauma? I believe so. We can we can figure that out later, I guess. But I'm 99% sure it's our first drama picture. If you haven't yet, go out there and review it. I'll try the nice way instead of the mean way for once. Uh, review the show and, and check it out wherever you get uh, your podcast. And send us a screenshot if it's not on iTunes. Um, check us out on Facebook and send us a tweet at Dissect the 80s on Twitter. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, give us a call at 856-DISSECT if you want to tell us something about the show or leave us a message or what have you and of course patreon.com slash dissecting the 80s we do a bonus episode uh once a quarter and we're very close to a bonus commentary track which will be chosen by the patreon supporters so get on over there and sign up and we'll have a commentary track coming your way very shortly you'll be able to sync that up with the movie and and listen along kind of like watching a movie with us uh instead of having us talk about a movie after the fact thank you very much for listening I have been Triplano. I will always be Andrew Lano. Until next time. Don't you forget about me. Dissecting the 80s is a chum sum of this production. <laughs>